Hey, everyone out there, and thanks again for joining us here at ASAP Nowcast, the podcast for ASAP Now. Now, we are deep in the holiday season, which means usually the world starts to slow down. But we know for the ED, we are still 24 7, 365. For everyone in academics, you know this is actually an extremely hectic time, and I am not talking holiday shopping, but it is residency interview season, which is also a super exciting time for the field because not only is it the newest members of our field coming and joining and expressing their interest in a lot of ways, but also because EM has bounced back from our residency applicant slump, which Hopefully, if you want to be an optimist and also extrapolate, that could be an indicator that the toughest of times are behind us, or at least so we can hope. But this is not going to be an episode about workforce or longevity or burnout, but in honor of interview season, we wanted to take this episode to do a feature on a great article in the magazine this month that answers an age-old question in EM academics. So come check it out. Hey everyone at ASAP Now. Thank you so much for joining me for this November podcast of ASAP Nowcast. We are super excited to feature an article in ASAP Now that I think will be a bit of an age-old question, but a really interesting insight into one. And that is the article, How Long Should Residency Be? And we have joining with us two of the authors, Dr. Dimitri Nicola, core faculty and the director of research at St. Vincent, and Dr. Jesse Pines, chief of clinical innovation at USACS, to chat a lot more about this topic. So both of you guys, thank you so much for making the time to come and talk about this. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thank you. Now, I wanted to jump right into this because three versus four, we have been debating forever, but I thought it would be really good to open with a little bit of history, if you guys have it, because I consider you experts on this topic, um, but on the history of four-year versus three-year residencies in emergency medicine. Sure, I can, I can get started on that. Well, um, in the past, there were multiple different curriculums with various training lengths in emergency medicine from um, one to three, two to three, two to four, one to four. Um, and essentially the, the programs that had independent internships where residents would train outside of the emergency department eventually gave way to the program structures that we have today, which are the um, PGY one through three programs and the PGY one through four programs. Um, and so in a way, the one through four programs were uh, a remnant of those programs that wanted to be three years, but had uh, an internship outside of emergency medicine um, or, for example, the osteopathic programs, which were four year programs with a traditional rotating internship as the first year. So did it. Um, and I guess we can get to this later, too, because I'm always a little bit on the pessimistic side when I think about finance and healthcare. like word on the street is the reason for the for four year is um, to ensure a cheap, long labor market for hospitals. Like, do you think there's any truth to that? Just looking at the history of this? I think that everybody 
kind of progresses through training at their own pace. And um, some residents are uh, practice more independently earlier and practice and some residents are more independent later. And I think it's really hard to come up with a time-based curriculum that fits everybody's training path. Yeah, it feels like almost like three and a half is like the perfect amount, but you know, like we can't do that. Um, and and just a couple of questions to set the stage before we, uh, you know, go into the meat of uh, of this article. I I just wanted to know if you guys um, did three or four year residencies personally, mostly out of curiosity. Like, I mean, full disclosure, I did a three year residency. Um, at University of Chicago, so I'm pretty biased that I'm like, yeah, three was great. But I would love to see, uh, you know, kind of open with where you guys start on that. Sure. Um, I did a four-year residency, and um, I started off uh, as an, start off in, in an osteopathic program where we actually did a traditional rotating internship as our first year, um, and then completed the four-year residency. Yeah, and I did a, a three-year residency um, in uh, at University of Virginia, followed by a fellowship, uh, which I did over um, over a two-year period. So a total of five years. I was working as a attending physician for those uh, for years four and five of that. Okay, yeah. So I think it's a good blend actually here. And I did a I did a, a technically a, a two-year administrative fellowship, but paid as an attending during that time as well. Um, so yeah, let's get into this article. Now, how did you guys get into conducting this question? And as a, as a quick summary on the article, you guys looked at two studies that um, looked at outcomes for three versus four-year residency doctors. One was by ABEM, which like made sense to me. And the other one was actually by your group, um, USACS, which Dimitri and I were just talking beforehand. I was like surprised that a corporate group took a look at this. Um, but it was, you know, as you explained, I, I thought you had some really good points about what was a little unique about the data you guys have on your doctors. Yeah, I can address that. We have a separate research group that uh, meets regularly and is able to use our uh, research data set, which which includes uh, patient level data from uh, every one of our emergency departments, um, uh, basically everything that uh, happens in the emergency department uh, from uh, when the patient arrives till they depart the ED. We, we know because we pull data directly from the electronic health record. We also know uh, everything about the clinicians because we have data from our credentialing teams. So it really puts uh, us in a unique position to be able to answer questions like this. Uh, I've been with USACS for five years now, and we've answered some very interesting questions that I think that only a group like ours um, or similarly positioned group is able to do because of the size and scope. Um, and USACS, uh, we we do invest uh, significant resources in in this research team, uh, as well as um, you know being able to get the literature out there, um, not not just to answer questions internally, but it, but to answer external questions like this um, for the community of emergency medicine. In addition to my four year residency, I did, I did a two year emergency medicine research fellowship, and much much like you, I I was a working attending um, while I was a research fellow. Um, but about six months into my research fellowship, because I started in January, we we had that odd year where leadership and advocacy was in July, I believe. And I was sitting in, in, in lecture and I was the, the discussion had come up um, regarding workforce and how 
transitioning to four-year programs might be, you know, the way of the future. And um, I was just not taken aback, but I was just impressed by the arguments that that those in the rooms had made for the three-year curriculum. Um, and the thought had come to my mind, hey, like Jesse said, um, at USACS or with the research group, the research data set that we have, we are able to marry credentialing data, clinical data, administrative data, scheduling data. Um, and we probably were in a good position or we're actually, we were in a good position um, to figure out or at least examine with as little bias as possible, which is always going to be biased, but with as little, as little bias as possible, um, what, how, how do you, uh, three versus four year graduates practice in their first year of res, uh, in their first year of practice after graduating? Um, and what do commonly measured, um, uh, measures of clinical care look like between those two groups? Now, I, I don't want to like make it a spoiler because I do want everyone to go read the article in the magazine. Um, but yeah, Dimitri, do you mind giving us a couple highlights of what you found or the methods or just the research part of what you thought was interesting? Um, for our study, we had used credentialing data and, and training dates um, to figure out um, which, which of our docs were um, three-year graduates and four-year graduates. And we had used very stringent criteria to basically select new graduates who were practicing or had seen their first patient within the first three months after they graduated from residency. And then we followed them out to a year and we compared new three-year three graduates, new four-year graduates and experienced new hires who had two years of training um, across multiple outcomes. And the primary outcomes were measures that you would typically see that your operations people would measure like patients per hour, RVUs per hour, length of stay, um, 72 hour returns with admission. But we also looked at a host of different secondary outcomes that included things like um, any encounter that was admitted or discharged, discharged with an opioid prescription, D-dimer with CTPE or CT head with syncope. And, and by and large, most of the outcomes were similar between the three groups. Um, oddly enough, we did notice that new graduates, both three and four years, were less likely to prescribe opioids compared to experienced new hires. And we had done some work in the past with the research group um, examining opioid prescriptions at discharge. And we felt like that was um, a very generalizable point that, that, that we had observed. Yeah, I wonder if that's like almost the trend of training, like, um, you know, I'm about six or seven years out. Like I remember decreasing opioids was starting to be, um, I don't want to say popular, but common in residencies because that was the beginning of the opioid crisis versus, you know, 10, 20 years ago, um, a little less. So it's, it's interesting to see that variation in your new grads. Um, as you were talking, like, you know, I, I think a lot of listeners will have this, especially again, my bias is I'm from a three-year residency. Um, but you know, people being like, yeah, three years are just as good. And I think it's not so much the years, but to me, there is a huge financial difference to the resident or the doctor, um, between a three or four year program, because on a four year program in your fourth year, you're getting paid, I don't know, 55 to $60,000 a year versus even if you did a fellowship, like that tends to be higher. If it's not on the PGY scale, a lot of times it's as high as an attending at 
you know, 200, 300, maybe even $400,000 a year. So a huge financial differential. So again, my bias three-year residency grad is like, hey, do a three-year program, but then, you know, consider doing a, um, a fellowship at a higher pay later or, you know, work in the community, but then, you know, explore your, your extra niche, um, you know, functionally for free, like volunteer for committees at your hospital, et cetera. Um, that would help get you that experience. What are, what are you guys' thoughts on the financial difference between the three versus four year? Well, um, I think, I think it depends. And I, I, I would not make that decision. Um, I personally wouldn't make that decision thinking that you were going to lose all this money. Um, first of all, first of all, most programs allow moonlighting. And you're in general and for your programs, you're probably going to work less shifts per month and have the ability to moonlight. Um, but, and even that shouldn't even be your main driver. I think you have to look at the way you learn the program environment that you want to train in. Um, I really enjoyed the fact that my program was a little smaller because we had a four, four year curriculum. Um, we got to work with our attendings more often and more frequently. There was this, element of trust and bonding that I had with many of my attendings, which not that you can't have that at a three-year program, but um, when you only have about 20 attendings and you only have about 16 to 18 residents, there there's a, a much closer relationship that I think you can make with your attendings. And um, the flow in the department is a little different and the trust that you have and the um, the the number of things that you can do maybe semi-independently um, uh, maybe is a little different. And so I think it just depends on um, what type of environment you want to train in and, and, and rather than trying to make a financial decision. Yeah, my, my view are, are there are certainly, you know, economic differences between, um, you know, spending that extra year uh, versus going out and becoming an attending. I mean, there's really no question. There's also financial issues for the hospital who is keeping those residents for an additional year um, in in a position where they are not not paying that person as as an attending so you know the financial issues aside um you know there and and the results aside which basically which our study as well as the ABM study really found no difference in clinical practice like Dimitri said there a variety of reasons why someone may choose to choose to go to a program that's four years, and and that basically comes down to the things that we were unable to to study. Um, so, you know, certain four year programs, um, you know, tend to be more uh, academic. You're you're able to to specialize more. Um, you may be able to work with faculty. Um, that are doing research um, or or have uh, specialty areas that you know that are that are unique to that program or or that geography, um, you know. So there there are there are a number of things that we didn't study in terms of uh, the long term tra uh, career trajectory um, of the residents. Um, you know how long people stay in in clinical practice in general, the career longevity. Um, you know, in general, I found that folks who have some sort of expertise beyond just clinical medicine, um, you know, and that can be obtained in a, in a fellowship um, that, you know, can be potentially obtained in, in a, in a four-year program or a three-year program where they've, 
you know, they, they've really focused in, and they have, you know, some sort of area outside of just clinical emergency medicine there where, where they've become an expert. Um, it, it tends to be those over the, you know, the, what I've seen in my career who, who tend to have the longer careers and the, you know, you see the people who are walking around ASAP, um, that are my age and, and older, you know, 50s, 60s, 70s. And it's folks who ha really have, have that expertise and, and really have something to, to offer beyond just working clinical shifts. Yeah. And I, I think that's a really good point because like burnout is definitely, um, like endemic in emergency medicine and, and a piece of it, like, yeah, is I, I wonder if, you know, people come out and are a little bit too fast and furious. Like they come out and they're working 200 hours, like every month, like that will burn, um, that will burn like really anyone out. Um, I, I am very curious, um, cause I certainly don't want to fixate on the financial side of it. Although I do, I do think it's a piece of it in residency training. Um, I thought it was really interesting. You said the question came up as you guys were debating and saying like, Hey, maybe, um, there's going to be a trend for more four-year residencies. And, you know, in my administrative life, I very much live on the healthcare finance side of things. And like, I kind of agree. I think the reimbursement pressures on emergency medicine are really, really high. Like I think pay is going down. No surprise act is, you know, causing an issue in reimbursement. You know, CMS just cut the RVU conversion rate. Like money is definitely tough in emergency medicine right now. So to me, I, I'm kind of like, why wouldn't programs try to flip to four if they could, again, to um, help um, with labor market costs, basically, and extend extend a year of a much cheaper labor source. Um, to go longer, like the, the EM body of knowledge, you know, the model the model of clinical practice of EM is is getting larger and larger, and things that used to be considered niche are no longer niche, like ultrasound training, you know. But on 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 the flip side, you know, we've had a really challenging several match years or a couple match years mm -hmm. in, in the last couple of years, and so um, there are um, pressures from applicants and and faculty and and a lot of other people who have um um that, that, that can influence you know whether programs are going to go to three versus four years and so for example applicants may not want to train in four-year programs and if programs can't recruit applicants to their programs they're not going to want to make that transition so th there there are other pressures i think at play yeah, I I'd agree with that. I mean, I think that there, I think the economics, when you look at it from the perspective of the, of a hospital who's has a residency program or from the, the person in the residency program, it, it's clear what, what the economics are. It's a, it's a question of uh, wh uh, wh whether or not a, a, um, uh, whether a hospital wants to have a residency program that that's four years and, and want, wants to deliver, you know, that, that sort of curriculum um, and, and whether or not they feel strongly, whether or not they can, they can communicate what, what they need to, what they want to, and what they think the uh, you know, what the uh, residents want to learn and what the faculty want to teach with it, with it within three or four years. I mean, that, that, that really comes down to um, the, uh, you know the question of the of the faculty, uh, the the you know again the economics of um, the hospital and what they need for staffing, um, you know is you know as as well as any any sort of 
uh, focal programs that the hospital wants to have. I mean, one, one of the downsides of a three-year program is you really don't have the ability to have a lot of extra time to do other things. And if you mm-hmm. want to have that sort of curriculum where you're having uh, residents, you know, do, uh, you know, really sort of specialize in something during residency, a three-year program doesn't allow that time. You know, what you could argue that, well, why don't you do three years followed by a fellowship. I mean, that, that, that's really a personal choice of the resident as well as uh, how that, how a particular program wants to structure their curriculum. Yeah. And that, that makes a lot of sense. And it's a good intersection that I'm sure like we could spend probably multiple podcast episodes talking about between like economics, uh, you know, academics, curriculum development, et cetera. So I do appreciate you guys kind of giving your perspective on that. Um, to, to close out though, I, I did want to hear if you guys had any advice to current medical students that are interviewing and debating three versus four year residencies. Like part of the reason I thought this article was so timely is like, we are in the middle of interview season and I'm sure there are a million threads on, uh, med students discussing this exact topic. So with your sage advice, you know, looking at the research of it, obviously with your own practice experience, um, any, uh, yeah, any words of advice? I can take it first. I mean, I think that it's important to go in with eyes wide open in terms of both the uh, curriculum that you get in a, a three-year versus a four-year program, as well as the the, the personal economics and, and how, how that'll differ um, in, in the short and long term. You know, for, for me, I, I've been out of residency for um, almost 20 years at this point. And to me, the the, the investment in 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 yourself, um, you know, having a, another year um, in in residency in the long term is probably not a huge deal. I, I think that I think the the bigger issue I think is is really trying to um, you know come up with ways of you know while you're med- a medical student and a resident coming up with a strategy that you can have a long career as an emergency physician. And for many of us, I think that's going to be you know, doing emergency medicine and having having a specialty in something else that can grow in value over time. And I think that that can be done in either a three-year program or a four-year program or a three-year program with a fellowship or a four-year program with a fellowship. There are a lot of different ways to, to approach it. I, I definitely agree. I mean, I, I would I would tell medical students applying to emergency medicine to, to pick the program that they feel they are going to thrive best at, regardless of the length of training. And, you know, that might be from a wellness perspective, like working 16 shifts a month at a four-year program versus working 18 or 20 shifts a month at a three-year program. Not all programs fall into that category, but um, maybe there are electives that are going to improve your schedule and, and improve your learning and improve the, the value you feel like you get from your training or give you opportunities that you otherwise wouldn't have like flight medicine um, or, or some other experience research, for example. Um, and ultimately, if you feel like you are getting value from your training program and you're respected at your training program and you're thriving at your training program, you are going to have a much better experience in residency. And that can happen at a three or a four year program. Yeah, I appreciate you guys' perspective because it's almost like like many things in emergency medicine, it's not always black and white. It's not always, you know, three is better than four, three is equal to four. It's, you know, a little bit gray and there's a there's an art and a fit to it. So 
Um, I very much appreciate you guys sharing your expertise for doing the study. I, like I said, I thought it was a really interesting perspective and an interesting um, data set. And I want to thank you guys for coming on the podcast. Thanks thank for you. having us. Now that is it for us this episode. We hope you enjoyed it. Don't forget to check out the magazine in your mailboxes now. There is a great opening feature on fellow Texan, Dr. Allison Haddock, who is the next ASEP president-elect. There's also a couple really informative pieces on dealing with and treating vulnerable populations. First, with the pediatric mental health crisis, how to treat patients equally with disabilities and dealing with neglected children. There's some great clinical practice pearls on upper GI bleeds with Dr. Marco and Dr. Turner, followed by handling massive hemoptysis with Dr. Anton Hellman. And of course, there's always much, much more. Now, if you have an idea, tweet us at ASAPNow or feel free to tweet me direct at Amy Faith Ho. We would love to hear your thoughts and feedback and keep you tuning in and creating content that you want to hear. So thanks everyone for joining us and we will see you all next time.